0: Welcome back to Ravens Recap, where the Ravens defeated their divisional rival, the Browns, sixteen to three. Because that touchdown was illegitimate, and I won't hear it otherwise. <laughs> we'll have some fun with that later. <laughs> I know, I know. I saw your show notes, Peter. <laughs> I needed to get that out of my system, and uh, we'll we'll talk about it later. But uh, you know, sixteen to ten for the official score t- scoreboard. Sixteen to three in the Alex scoreboard. You know, they covered either way. So, what difference does it make? Dub's a dub. They covered. Allie got some money. Had a good time at the bank. So all in all, I don't, I don't care. It's all good. <laughs> it's yeah. good.
1: I gotta say, man, you're uh what's it? You're three for three now for an all home games that you've been to at the bank. So uh I think you're pretty good luck, man. Dude, I got
0: this secret touched, man. I got I got a touch because I go there to the Orioles, the hapless Orioles, and they win when I'm there. And they don't do that often, you know? (laughs) I go to the Ravens, and they just do their job. (laughs) It's something about that Cannon Yards area. It's a a magic if I show up. My uh, grandfather was joking that I should be uh, on the Orioles roster, because like, whenever I'm there, they happen to win, and it was so (laughs) infrequent. (laughs) So I was like, hey, I'm down for that
1: yeah I tell you what I'm a little scared though because I know we had talked about going to a game later this season and I'm one for one at this point so I don't want to be the guy and, and show up and, and be the reason that we lose but I want to go to the game with you that'll never be the case my friend you know now it, it'll be when okay. and lose together yeah
2: it'll be okay I haven't been to a
0: Ravens loss since Lamar took over at quarterback so it it, it really has to do with the <laughs> Lamar era like let's all be frank right like we haven't lost that much recently <laughs> <laughs> That's so, true. Yeah. Like, like, all things considered, we just really haven't lost much. So it's, uh yeah, it's not that impressive of a record. But yeah, man, it it's great. You know, and, and they've been dicey games. They've been the Chiefs game, came down to the wire. Colts game looked improbable until they, they turned it on. And then this game, which was always close, uh, despite the fact that I felt like the Ravens kind of dominated it in a way, but they just weren't able to finish and execute to get the points on the board.
2: One last note on the on the Alec at Camden Yards. Which before we go to actual content, I just have to say I hope Mike Elias is listening because if Alec really is that big of a of a a winning uh, lucky charm, I mean you could be on the Orioles roster and basically have as much team impact as Chris Davis has had the last <laughs>
1: two years, and at way less to cost. So savage. Oh, man, man. Savage. Yeah, we know our audience. (laughs) That's going to be clipped,
0: man. That's going to be clipped. That's good. (laughs) Oh, man.
2: Anyways, um, yeah, yeah, the Sunday night game was was interesting. And, you know, I, I said it in the prediction, like, it looked on paper like a game the Ravens should smash, the Ravens should win by multiple scores, but... You know, I I said the Ravens would win by two, and when we did score predictions, they ended up winning by six, because I was just like, I don't know why, but something's going to happen we're not expecting. It just seems like Ravens-Browns recently, weird things happen, and the weird thing that happened that we weren't expecting was four picks from Lamar. We'll get into those, and you know, with the exception of one of them, I think they were all his fault. Who knows if that was because he's coming off that virus, whatever it was, and he's still not 100%, or just what, but... Yeah, I mean, defense was dominant again, just like the last two weeks, which is excellent. Ravens seem to finally figure out defense, and now offense, we have some questions. <laughs> so we're still waiting for, the, yeah, like we've said, the Chargers game. That's the only complete game the Ravens have played yet this year. But hey, they're number one in the AFC. So we'll take that for now.
1: Yeah, I think my initial takeaway, too, is that, you know, while the score was close, I, I kind of agree with what Alec was saying, and that I didn't really feel at any point that the game was out of reach or. We were, you know, losing momentum, or you know, the Browns were going to come back and and win it. You know, we'll, we'll probably get to them in a second. But the big thing for me was that the defense now, three weeks in a row, has really played uh, very well, especially for uh, you know a team going into it this week. We weren't going to have Clay's Campbell. I mean, holding the Browns to to ten points, I think is and. Three, questionably ten, you know, you put the asterisk next to it. Great, great performance from them that really carried this team while the offense was struggling.
0: Yeah, you're totally right, Chris. The defense uh, put together another excellent game. But I do think it's worth talking about the offense first here, as we have talked about the defense first, I think, the last couple times. And the top of the story is definitely Lamar Jackson, four interceptions, kind of off his game. And uh, I think it's worth going through them because – you know, even though Peter said he thinks only one uh, was maybe random. I think a couple of them were not great. Um, you know, I don't know. Let's just let's just go through them. So the first one, I think, is it's kind of questionable uh, in a, a multitude of ways because the ball was going towards Andrews and Bateman. Bateman was, like, kind of in the way slash maybe the target, but with the amount of pepper behind the ball, you kind of feel like it was for Andrews because, like, that just feels almost criminal to Bateman to throw it that hard when he's that close. <laughs> Uh, ricocheted in two different ways got intercepted i i deemed that one fluky um i don't really blame lamar too much on that one personally
2: yeah that one that one happens from time to time there was nothing wrong with lamar's read there i don't know what the route concept was <laughs> it's like you said it, i think that it probably was bateman ran the wrong route but yeah that one's gonna happen sometimes that one wasn't too bad The second one, though, I think this was the most frustrating uh, of the night because this was one that was not exactly the same but was very similar to what we saw uh, against Minnesota a few weeks ago. Lamar has Mark Andrews running a shallow post across the middle from the right side, and the safety on the left just, you know, Lamar doesn't see him. He kind of baits him, and he, he takes it away for the interception, so, Minnesota do the same thing. So, that's something that's on film that teams know, hey, you can get Lamar this way. Um, you know, quarterbacks are going to make mistakes, but when it's something that we've seen now multiple times, that's one that the Ravens are really going to have to uh, make sure Lamar shores up, figure out what he's seeing there, and and how to avoid that going forward.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a good, uh, good observation there. It, yeah, it feels a little bad just to kind of see it multiple times in the season, let alone a couple games apart. Yeah, I definitely put that one more on Lamar and kind of his ability to be able to read uh, defense and, and just get it in the right spot of, you know, try to try to avoid uh, uh, the the risk of, of throwing an interception there. Third one was was another one. It was just kind of a little bit of a head scratcher in my mind uh, from Lamar. I think the right read of uh, wanting to put uh, the ball to Andrews underneath I think it was like a, a curl route that he was running under there um, but just totally just missed where the linebacker was or where the safety was basically Andrews was expecting him to kind of sit in there and kind of pull to the right a little bit Lamar throws it to his left so you see Andrews sort of like like wait a minute okay I gotta go for the ball now even though I'm my body's sort of leaning this way you know that was one of those where it just Yeah, I don't know if it was the lack of practice and not being there for the previous week, but it was just one of those things like, you know, Lamar and and Andrews have this connection of, you know, seemingly they are always on the same page no matter what. And that one was just, that was not there. Um, And, you know, clearly I think from Andrews and kind of his, you know, expecting it one way and not having to go the other way, I, I definitely put that one a little bit more on Lamar rather than Andrews at that point.
0: Yeah, that was the most egregious one, in my opinion, just because of what you said I mean, Andrews was open. It was a good play. Uh, Andrews on the right route, and then just Lamar went the wrong way with it. It's most likely a, a combination where where he was "quote unquote" supposed to go was completely reading the leverage of that linebacker, and I'm not sure what Lamar saw to think that that was a proper read. And yeah, the ball was just in the wrong place. So big bummer there. Easily, uh, in my at least in my opinion, the the most egregious one and the one yeah. that kind of hurt the most when rewatching the film. The last one was also a like kind of iffy one. Uh it was a fifty fifty ball to Andrews. Not the best thrown ball. The defender was all over him and uh the announcers even said if he didn't turn around his head, that probably would have been a PI, but then he turns around his head and the ball's right there. So he grabbed it and, and got the interception. So not not great. Uh don't love it. I know Andrews was ticked off that all of them were targets for him or, or darn near close to everything <laughs> was his uh you know, the first one's kind of questionable, but yeah, I think at least this one, I don't blame Andrews on really any of them. It's just the way it played out. Yeah, this one, when I saw it live, I had the same take. Uh,
2: when I rewatched the film today, I think Andrews had the safety. I, and it looked to me that Lamar underthrew him. Yeah. Um, which is going to happen. I mean, we saw Lamar be extremely accurate with the deep ball earlier this year. He's kind of tailed off a bit in that. But, you know, you still love that they're taking shots. It was It was a great idea. We talked about in the preview, that the the safeties for this Browns defense are susceptible. That's a great spot to attack this team. They tried it. It didn't work. But you like that they were aggressive, and you know they still got the win. So it's interesting with Lamar. This is now the three out of the past four times he's been under center, we've seen him have games that I would say are suboptimal to what we're expecting from him. In between that was a game where he got off to a slow start, but then finished excellent against Minnesota. It's hard to, t- to tell if if you know that's just week to week, or if this is something that defenses are you know seeing some things that are that's taken away some things that were there earlier in the year, and now the Ravens have to kind of adjust their scheme a bit to to adjust to what the defenses are, are taking away. Because um, you know we did talk about that a lot in, in the beginning of the season that all the defenses that the Ravens were facing were. We're selling out so much to uh, stop the run that there are a lot of routes that were, you know, Hollywood Brown in particular and Watkins as well were just wide open on these crossing routes and, and deep, you know, just getting one-on-one coverage. Um, but I think defenses are starting to adjust to what the Ravens have been doing this year, so that's making it a little more difficult. But the good thing you can take away from this game is, you know, the Ravens offensively did not have a good... Uh, output, but they still got the win, which and' now two weeks in a row the Ravens have gotten a win with Lamar Jackson not having a particularly good game, uh, albeit the week before was because Jackson wasn't even on the field but still I mean it, there was so much talk in the first month of the season that the Ravens are only in the position they are because Lamar Jackson is covering up the deficiencies on this team and the and the shortcomings that it, that are there on the roster. Now the roster's caught up and can survive Lamar not having to be able to play at an MVP level every single game.
1: Yeah, I think it's a great point, Peter. You know, I think, you know, for me, uh, you know, kind of going back a little bit about just kind of, you know, the reasoning for this or, you know, how bad was it kind of thing. I feel like at least, you know, again, kind of going back to what I said at the top was that I never really felt the game was out of reach. In terms of, like, offensive game plan, I feel like the Ravens were able to run their game plan pretty effectively, um you know overall the run game was okay you know i I think lamar was you know having him back i think definitely added to that He had i don't have the yards in front of me but i know he had a good portion of the yards but i think they they ended up with over 100 yards rushing um yep so they were effective there i mean yeah it wasn't what we're used to seeing for some of the 200 yard games of, of the 2019 2020 ravens but that's okay like it was still effective and you know they were still were able to get some guys open and have a lot of you know these opportunities to make plays um you know seemingly at will like it, it it didn't feel to me like the Dolphins game where basically anything that they tried just would not work you know they they couldn't run the ball they couldn't throw the ball they couldn't pick up the blitzes uh, that game was was very much a like just game plan was not good enough you know they couldn't execute what they wanted to execute whereas you know with the Browns I, I think you know they had the right plan I do think, you know, a good, not a good excuse, but a, a good reasoning for it too. I think it's simple. It's just, you know, Lamar didn't play the last week. I think he was just a little bit off his game. I think he just wasn't used to it. Maybe didn't have enough practice. Whatever it was, I mean, it's just something was off with Lamar this game. And I think he's going to work on it. I think he's going to get better. He already knows that. I uh, I remember seeing this tweet of just like going to go back to the lab, got to fix this out. Thanks to their defense like, you know, I I knew he was going to come out with something like that because yeah, this is the game where he's going to look at it and he's like, I played like crap. <laughs> like, you know, it's not going to happen again and uh, I believe him. I think it's going to happen.
0: Yeah, so the Ravens were able to run for 148 yards. It was on 43 attempts, which is kind of brutal. Uh, Lamar did lead the pack 68 yards on 17 attempts, which feels like a lot. And then Freeman, 16 attempts for 52 yards. Murray wasn't that effective, although he had one really impressive four-yard run. Like, that darn four-yard run, as long as of the day. He had, like, more pop on that run than he had on any other run. It was really weird. But, uh, yeah, Duvernay with one really great... uh, run for 13 yards that was uh super nice and of course the ghost of tyson williams one yard on one attempt he also got a target but that didn't go anywhere he didn't catch it so didn't he
2: have a play that was called back by penalty i'm trying to remember i thought you like a five yard uh, catch or run
0: i i think you might be right but i can't remember from my rewatch to say for sure yeah but i definitely know that uh it was a very juicy one yard run kind of loved it. (laughs) Now, I want to talk about the receiving game. This is pretty interesting. So, uh, 32 passing attempts by Lamar Jackson. 20 of them went to Hollywood Brown or Mark Andrews. Now, interestingly enough, Mark Andrews only got four catches on those 10 targets. Obviously, four interceptions there. Uh, So, uh, that that will hurt. Uh, Hollywood got eight receptions on those 10 targets. Although... Andrews had more yards, so despite all the bad targets to Andrews, some of the most electric targets, including the only touchdown in the game, was to uh, Mark Andrews, and those were really incredible.
2: Yeah, well, it was it was even more than that, too, because I'm almost positive that uh, the call w- where Mark Andrews made that incredible one-handed catch was ruled pass interference and doesn't count on the stat sheet um no it did it came back did it
0: it came back so it was was weird i only know this as a fantasy owner but like (laughs) yahoo sends out those notifications about like receptions you know big big plays and it came later that he got it and Mm. also on twitter there was people being like they've awarded him the catch and everyone's like yay (laughs) (laughs) but it was it was like several plays later like it was really quite delayed but yeah, no, it did count, actually. Um, and that was, a, yeah, the 39-yard catch was his longest of the day. Um, pretty remarkable for him to kind of come back there. That's exactly what we've been talking about, though. The defensive pass interference is actually almost predicated on the underthrown ball. So, you know, you don't love to see an underthrown ball, but it does give you a good chance for that. And we saw it yet again. Uh, you know, the the swing is happening for the Ravens, getting more DPIs, and it uh, feels good. feels good to be on the right side of that curve.
2: That is a good argument, but a perfectly thrown ball gets you the touchdown there but I do oh, see no, what you're saying. I, I
0: want it. Don't get me wrong, but at least, at least, so you'll almost never Dude, get a DPI on overthrow. overthrow. Yeah. yeah, yeah like, don't overthrow because that doesn't benefit the underthrow, anybody. The overthrow, yeah. while you might also get a pick, <laughs> gives you a good chance of a DPI. Yeah. You're rolling the dice. Gotcha. Right.
1: Yeah, and oh, the only thing an overthrow might get is if it's like just overthrown a little bit, you might get like a spectacular catch like Hollywood Brown did against Denver, right? But otherwise, yeah. if it's like 10 yards up, you might, you know, you Overthrown ball and they'll call it uncatchable and it yeah.
0: will be like ah yeah, get nothing yeah that's a yeah. Big bummer
2: that's true yeah yeah it was interesting um i think i mean i don't have the numbers in front of me but if you look at the average depth of target i would imagine that uh Hollywood brown probably had his numbers probably smaller than andrew's the ravens did try one deep shot with him to my recollection that one did not work um was outside out of bounds on that play But yeah, Ravens did a lot of screens with, with Brown um, and actually had some success, which again, that's a part of the offense that we don't usually see work too much, but uh, the blocking was on point for that game and uh, they had some success with it. So they rolled with it. So that was a little interesting. Again, we thought, like we were saying with the safety depth there in Cleveland, we thought the Ravens would take some more deep shots, but the deep ball just wasn't really there in this game. But, you know, I've, I still think that's a good sign, though, because, again, we're seeing how Brown has really developed into this all-around wide receiver, um, so he's still being effective and helping out this offense, even when he's not able to make the the big highlight deep ball splash play that we all know he's capable of any time that he's on the field.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I think overall, for me, the the I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but one thing that I've been finding it's been a little bit lacking. I think the Ravens are going to have to figure out more ways to kind of figure this out. But the red zone offense, I think for me has been like there's there's another weapon that needs to emerge there, and I'm not sure uh, who it's going to be. Or you it's know, Rashad Bateman. I hope it's Bateman. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, be. I hope it's Bateman. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think it
0: has to be. Darn. <laughs>
1: Right, I mean, yeah, it's just you know another game, another one of these games where I mean, having to settle for a a field goal at the one yard line, like, come on, man, you know, Mark Andrews was covered and Hollywood Brown couldn't get open, and just you know, just unfortunate series of plays there. But we really need to have somebody more reliable to be able to convert those things into touchdowns. Because yeah, again, going back to kind of the top, just like that was an opportunity there that just like needed to be done. They're really fortunate that defense was able to play so well as they could, but. You know, you just, you can't end up with that. You can't end up in those positions where you get so close and a fourth and one and then have a penalty to get back at fourth and six. Like, come on.
0: It's unbelievable. It was a brutal, brutal, uh, sequence. And the main reason I say Bateman, other than the, our fanfic over here is that he was four for four, you know, four targets, four receptions, very productive game for Bateman. I will point out, shout out to Greg Newsom. He had some really, really good reps. You might not know him. He is the rookie uh, that they drafted. Actually, one pick before Bateman this year. And he's been playing really good ball at cornerback. On that deep pass to Hollywood, Hollywood ran a beautiful route. It's really worth watching. And um, Newsom didn't bite on it, though. He, he played it really well. I think Hollywood was able to get a little bit of separation just due to his speed. But that's, I think, why Lamar had to throw the ball where he did, and it was out of bounds, and it didn't work out. His, Newsom had a really good game. So, uh, definitely keep an eye out for this guy. I think he's going to be a pain in the Ravens side for years to come. While at the one yard line, a deflected pass was thrown to our, our favorite Ravens player, uh, Pancake Pat. And the reason we're bringing this up, Chris, is because of the Pancake Pat uh, comment from many, many moons ago where we didn't know that was his nickname. Chris, what do you have to say about all this?
1: yeah i just want to uh make this official for the pod and all of our listeners here that i made a bad take so sometimes it happens especially if i haven't done my research i didn't do my research at this point so uh, i believe it was in march larith um I think it was that game uh the announcers had said that they had called pat ricard pancake pat and i was like "Nah, no, that's not his name it's project pat probable pat have never heard of pancake pat before i was wrong i think our buddy over at uh, huddle it up films jason corrected me i think he corrected alec actually officially on on his <laughs> podcast um but I, I found out about it and i was like oh crap i gotta i gotta take back that take so um in honor for it i Today for the first time ever on the Ravens Recap Pod, I have my Pancake Pat T-shirt. Uh, maybe you guys will have a photo for the show notes, but uh, <laughs> I wanted to make sure I got that for uh, for uh for Pat Ricard. I wish I wish he had the touchdown, um because man, I mean, a couple of weeks ago he was kind of being a red zone threat and carrying the offense when we didn't have anybody. um But yeah, it's that deflected pass, man, just took it away from him. It was So unfortunate, but uh, wanted to make sure I brought that up for you guys. So. It's a nice t shirt, man. I think it's funny.
0: I'll tell you, man uh, one reception for zero yards for Project Pat, but it was a hard fought zero yards. <laughs> you know, it could have been a minus five, but he carried some guys. They made a comment that he was 300 pounds and all the good stuff. Uh, so, you know. All right, game from Mr. Pat. Unfortunate that he didn't have a touchdown. We are really hoping he uh, would because we knew we were going to do this segment, this show. <laughs> but we were like... Because it's been a long time coming. It took a while to ship. The only complaint I think uh, Chris has about the shirt, yeah, long did, shipment time.
1: Yeah, it did take like two or three weeks to get here, but <laughs> worth it.
0: Yeah, I think just to wrap up the offense, uh, the Ravens offensive line had a very what-you-would-expect offensive line performance, which is not to say good. <laughs> is very of the ravens 2021 year uh villanueva got got uh powers had a unfortunate holding that kind of stifled that um drive at the end of the game that could have just milked out the clock entirely although i guess it was cool that we kicked the field goal because then we actually covered rather than just pushing so you know that felt good unless you know of course they ran for a touchdown that'd be even better but anyhow uh (laughs) the uh the offensive line, just not great. Like, McCarry got beat a couple times. Um, I think Zeitler, you know, he had his uh, penalty at the goal line, which was costly, but otherwise played a good game. Bozeman had a brief uh, injury scare, but then he was okay. I'm starting to think that this line is what it is. It was another week that we didn't see Cleveland participate, and uh, I think that cycle might be over, you know, the rotation of those guys. Unless Powers really does something egregious, it it looks like they're comfortable with him at this point and aren't looking to uh, make a change. So those are my observations about the offensive line this game.
2: Yeah, not too much more to say from my end. Uh, Garrett got a sack. It was on Big Al, as expected. And like we said, the offensive line uh, allowed for Lamar's pass to, to Pancake Pat to get batted down at the line of scrimmage. Lamar was under duress basically as much as he's been all year, so not too much uh, new to talk
0: about there. I think the biggest improvement we've seen from the offensive line is the last few games, near the end of the game, they seem to be able to bully and actually get a good running game going, so maybe their conditioning is good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I mean, I don't know. That's like, they look best at the end of the games, the running game works a little bit better then, but... All in all, I mean, this is a pretty underwhelming unit. It is our biggest liability going into the playoff run. Um, Anything that could happen to make it better would be greatly appreciated. But uh, unless we get a heroic, uh, you know, Juwan comeback, I I don't think, you know, the cavalry is not necessarily coming (laughs) in this regard. Yeah. All
2: right. So, as we've been talking all year about how we need the offensive line to, improve and to step up. Uh, We had also been talking a lot about the defense, but needing to do the same thing. But the last three weeks, uh, this unit has been stellar, aside from a couple big plays, continuing to see growth from a lot of key guys. unit's really starting to gel. There's plenty to unpack here, but um, I guess the place we can start, as we said, this was going to be a key to the game, uh, was just a job that the Ravens rushing defense without Calais Campbell was able to do in shutting down the two-headed rushing attack of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt.
1: Yeah, the the two stats for me, I think, in this game that really stand out. The first one, yeah, definitely um, being able to hold those guys, and I think it was under 40 yards rushing. Incredible. Just incredible. I mean, it's just a a far cry from uh, from 2019, that game in 2019, where everything, whenever Chubb had the ball, it just felt like a touchdown or an 80-yard run or something. Yeah, a lot of guys I thought there really played – Really well, Matt Abouque, uh, I thought had a pretty good game. Brandon Williams had almost like a throwback game. He hasn't really been playing very well this year at all. But after coming back from the shoulder injury, seems to be, you know, seem to be doing pretty well. This game. Uh, the other stat for me too, uh, we could talk about in the second was that you know, despite Lamar having four turnovers, I think they only translated, the Browns only translated that into seven points. I think. I mean, that's incredible, just being able to to get get off the field and, and not allow points on that. Like, I mean, you got to be, like, I'm sure Wink is really happy with that performance from, from those guys.
0: It might have been only the three points. I can't remember if the touchdown was on it. I know at least three points were off a a, a pick. But nevertheless, man, you're right. I want to talk about the defensive line first because I think, you know, they're the first line of defense against a run. Matt played 85% of snaps. I think he was the biggest person to step up. Not to say that many people didn't. But I thought he had his best game as a professional. This was a really good performance. You saw him all over the field. I want to give a shout-out to Houston. I feel like Houston doesn't get enough credit. I think he's played really well, both in the pass and running game. I saw him stop a couple runs himself. He obviously got um, lots of QB pressures. I don't remember if he got a sack or not, but I know he at least got a couple pressures. And then, of course, Patrick Queen, another week where he actually had more snaps than Bynes, despite the injury, and he played lights out. Maybe that was one of his best games as a professional. And I think that's awesome, because we've had a lot of those games where we're just really impressed with him and his growth recently. So Patrick Queen, another standout performance. Yeah, I mean,
2: I I think all those guys were really key to this defense. And Justin Houston, I mean, I think he's a guy that you're you're right. He's not getting enough recognition for what he's doing for this team this year. If you just look at the box score, okay, he only had two tackles recorded, one of which was for a loss. But if you actually watch the game, like he was in the backfield a lot, like you said, it, it, like your 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 brain is telling you, wait, didn't he have a sack? I thought I thought he had a sack because he he was so close so many times, and those plays forced Baker to to make a bad throw to force a th- uh, fourth down. Um, Houston, he's. He's been great this year, but I feel like any time that he's brought up for having a good game, there's kind of been like this apology by anyone who covers the Ravens of just like, and Justin Houston, you know, he did well, but he's not the player he used to be. I mean, he's he's 32 years old. He's been in the league for since 2011. He's, you know, these guys slow down, but what he's still able to do at this age is really helping this young Ravens team and... He had a great game. Bowser just continues to look more and more like the second-round pick we always envisioned this guy to be. He had a monster time in the backfield uh, against the Browns. And, you know, I got to make a public apology to Tyus. I really do because I recall after last season we kind of talked – we had an episode where we talked about the most improved Ravens players. We each brought five guys, I believe – and I can't remember if Bowser made my list or not, but I do remember saying that uh, I wasn't fully impressed with, with Bowser, and I wanted to see a little more from him before I said, you know, he's definitely a guy who's going to be key to this defense going forward. Well, he's definitely showed me. I mean, this guy, he looks like a Ravens linebacker. He looks like a throwback to to back when we had, you know, the Adelius Thomases and the Jarrett Johnsons running around with Terrell Suggs and Ray Lewis. He is found his way place in the NFL and it couldn't come at a better time cuz like we said this defense needs to step up. Justin matabuke also excellent game and Brandon Williams, man, he was quick off the snap for a lot of plays. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but he looked fast. He looked uh, powerful, rested. We'll see how much more he can deliver, but it was definitely a throwback
1: game for Brandon Williams
2: and was much needed.
1: Yeah, it's funny going back to the outside linebackers. I feel like there's a Definitely not here. Uh definitely not on the pod here, but like I feel like there's a good number of people now who are seeing what Matt Judon's doing in New England and are like, Wink, what are you doing? Like we can't like why 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 can't why can't we have Matt Judon? Why can't we have Zadarius Smith from uh you know, from twenty twenty last year with the Packers his first year? Like come on, man. Like we got some good linebackers here too. I mean, yeah, I got <laughs> I agree with you, Peter. I mean I think yeah Seconded on, on Houston, I think he had a pretty good game. Oway, I think, also stepped up this game. I think his pressure was very good. I mean, he also, like, look, he had a fumble recovery. and had a forced fumble. Um, this is definitely a game for him that he, you know, he hasn't had a game like this probably since the Kansas City game or maybe the Denver game maybe. Um, it's kind of been a while for him since he's had as big of a contribution this week. But, yeah, seconded with Bowser too, man. I mean, it's just incredible. It's just I think he's really stepped up his pass rush moves you know last week was also able to step up big to close out that game with a sack to end the game against Chicago and then do the same exact thing in this game against the Browns I mean he made that last tackle on um, the Joku in bounds on fourth down like I mean that that was like the CJ Mosley interception play just to end that game just it's just incredible man um yeah I'm, I'm really glad that all of us I think in the offseason talked about how you know we thought you know if we could resign anybody it would be Bowser McPhee that would be who we go after. And uh, you know, I think Tyus is, is really just uh, you know, really making us appreciate that we uh stuck with him,
0: you know. Yeah, his dollars per impact are off the charts. EDC must be very proud of himself. <laughs> but uh 95% of the snaps for Bowser played corner. I mean, he was out on the boundary with Landry. I mean, it was nuts. I mean, the guy was all over the field in the backfield, generating pressures. Bringing Baker Mayfield down, uh, even got a roughing the passer call on him that was kind of ticky tacky, you know. So he was, he was killing it, and uh, I, I'm, I'm so happy to see that. Obviously, and it's funny. I messaged one of my uncles because we were watching the Vikings game together, and he's like, "I want to see more out of Bowser." Well, ever since he said that, we've been seeing a lot more out of Bowser, so <laughs> it's been good. I want him to say that about somebody else. I want to see more uh, out of Devonta Freeman. <laughs> Tyson Williams, come on! <laughs> we need that turnaround too. But uh, yeah, it was really cool to to see that and Owe getting his uh, you know defensive rookie of the year drum getting beat yet again. Although Parsons, also a Penn Stater, has other things to say about it, so we'll see. I, I feel like it's not going to go to Owe because a lot of what he does is not on the stat sheet, and uh, his good buddies getting a lot of good stats. Uh, nothing, you know, not to take away from that, but, you know, I think uh, it's it's hard to measure O.A.'s impact because the guy's so fast. Like, it's really impressive sometimes the way he's able to chase down plays, and I feel like half the reason he gets these forced fumbles is that no one sees him coming. <laughs> you know, he's just so quick.
2: Yeah, I mean, he, he is an athlete out there. Was he the one who forced the Landry interception? I mean, not interception, fumble? Fumble? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I will tell you though that's probably the easiest fumble recovery he's going to get in his career. I don't know what yes. Landry was thinking on that play. It's incredible he got out of there without hurting himself. The man was just yoloing out there like he was back playing backyard football back in middle school or something. And just it did look that just, way. Yeah, he just, it just didn't seem to have an awareness at all of what was good that there were five Ravens defenders just <laughs> collapsing on him. But yeah, yeah, Ravens lucked out there with that turnover, and then Baker gave him a gift. Before the half ended, with just dropping the football, and <laughs>
0: yeah, pump fake <ain't> gone wrong.
2: <laughs> that was crazy. Um, no. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think we need to talk about the the state of the Browns because yes, the Ravens' defense played well, but I want to talk about the secondary before before we talk about the caveats because um, the sec there was a lot of good plays in the secondary as well in this game. But I think another part of this that we'll get to is the Browns are beat up. They can say whatever they want about Baker Mayfield being healthy and feeling great. He does not look like someone who's healthy and and feeling great. So um, (laughs) it it looked to me like Baker was just just didn't really know how his body was going, really felt. I guess a better way to put it would be it didn't look like he knew what his body could do on every play. I I just saw a guy who was just doing a lot of thinking out there and just, you know, it was getting – beat up we saw him limp a little bit grab his shoulder I I don't know what the Browns are thinking because Case Keenum is a fine quarterback you can win with that guy I if I were them I would just I would just start Keenum and let like get Baker to get well but they're gonna play Baker and I'm gonna be fine with that and I think
1: a lot of Ravens fans will be too <laughs> right yeah I mean especially I mean they're gonna have this buy and they're gonna come back and yeah I mean do you yeah, they're in a weird situation, right? I mean, they lose the game against us, and then you have the bye, so he could have time to rest up. But do you, you know, do you let him rest? Then do you let him. You know, do you want him to practice? Would you want to get Case involved? Like if you didn't do that, yeah, they're in a, a really weird position of, of kind of where they're at right now. I'm, I'm very curious over the next week what they're if they're going to make a call and whether Baker plays again or not. But yeah, I mean, I agree with you, Peter. I, I think you know one of the things for me that was. You know, again, kind of going back to like just I didn't think the game was in doubt. Was that Baker's accuracy? I think was just all over the place. And yeah, I think it just speaks to the injury of just not knowing like whether you can put the ball in a certain place or not knowing like on any particular throw if you're going to have pain or if you're going to be compensating. Or just a lot of those plays where just the ball just didn't get to the right spot. It's funny. I mean, looking at Lamar on the other side, he didn't have a great game either. But um, I think a lot of that was sort of mental. It wasn't physical. I think he could rip the ball where he needed to put it on any play it's just you know there's something in his mind <laughs> of you know didn't see the linebacker there didn't see the safety there all that stuff's fixable but yeah baker's problems are definitely a lot more physical
0: i think the browns have an opportunity to work their butts off and tank the rest of the year because if you look at the landscape like th- this is not going to get better right i'm just being honest th- there's no amount of rest that's going to fix baker right now in season it doesn't matter that they have a buy. He's going to be a still a mess. I guarantee it. You know, he he is broken in so many ways. And then you look at the rest of the team. They have no way to push the envelope on offense. Their their greatest asset is their third tight end, right? Like they they were hurting because they lost their third tight end and they couldn't run some of the sets they normally run. I'm sorry. If you're relying on your third tight end who honestly isn't all that great <laughs> like <laughs> to be your 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 difference maker, like, you've lost everything. You know, Donovan's Peoples-Jones, he was streaky this game, as anticipated. Landry is who who you think he is at this point. Had a decent game against us, a couple, you know, longer catches, but, you know, he doesn't have anything to really scare you. And you look at Higgins was out for the game. I, I, I just think that they don't have the weapons on offense to seriously compete. You know, if they find their way to the playoffs, they're going to lose. There's, there's no way, there's no way that they do anything positive with this year. They should tank. They should try to the Steelers for the last in the division. They should work their butts off to get a nice schedule next year. They can have the fifth-year option on Baker and give it another go. And, I mean, that's what they should do, right? If I was the GM, I'm sending into the Tank, you know, like, for sure, after this game. It's Tank City, baby. But they're not going to do it. They're stubborn. That's my, that's my well, opinion. Well, I
2: mean, it... <laughs> With, with Cleveland, though, I mean, it's like they've tried tanking before, and they still haven't won an AFC North title. So.
0: Well, sure, but like, I mean, it's just one of those things where they can either decide to win half their games here on out, and they'll finish, you know, nine and eight or eight and nine or whatever. They'll have a twentieth draft pick, and they're, you know, they'll get an okay guy. But like, you could work your butt off; you might be able to get in the top ten. Lose, <laughs> like, just lose it behooves you to lose (laughs) i'm just i'm over here like and and you gotta think about their their level of opponent right they'll get all the four seeders if they if they tank they'll have a a cakewalk schedule they might get a first in the division next year they gotta tank but no they're not gonna do it and it's fine well maybe that is why baker's still starting
1: (laughs) yeah yeah I mean, maybe actually that would be a 40 chess move like you guys thought there's the new Browns <laughs> no 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 um, <laughs> but yeah I don't know regardless man I, I think uh, you know I, I think I told you guys this um, after the game and that kind of going into it I almost kind of felt that whoever would win this game would most likely lose the following game just because of the Browns having to buy being able to get a little bit more healthy and then come back with you know a new game plan they know exactly what went wrong this game. They can fix it for next time. Meanwhile, the Ravens have to go uh, and play the Steelers up at Heinz Field um, and then have to deal with that. So, But with the outcome of this game, you know, we already talked about Lamar played like crap. That makes me feel even better because Lamar, Lamar knows he played like crap and he can fix that. That is definitely something that can be fixed. And our defense played amazing. So as long as like if the defense if they don't even play as amazing that's okay. Well, going to play better and we're going to score more points. We got this in the bag. So I feel pretty optimistic in in two weeks. I, I feel you on that. I'm not
0: ready to to say it's a win though because I think I think the Browns screwed up, man. You got the best running game in the league, maybe, and I understand that we were beating them, but they didn't get many opportunities to you know start popping them off. How many times have we seen a guy like Derrick Henry, who I know is a different kind of runner, kind of get stopped for three quarters and then start rolling? I mean, look at our running offense. We're not all that, but in the last couple of games, the fourth quarter, we started making it work. The game was not out of hand. They could have like committed to the run. Those are their best playmakers on offense, and they didn't do it. They didn't give them any real like opportunity, in my opinion, to get the running game going. And it was awesome greatly appreciate that but i think they might be able to figure that one out over the bye weekend i it does concern me because the ravens defense in my opinion can't play much better than this they forced turnovers the running game didn't happen there was a couple like quote-unquote big plays but they weren't killers in the passing game i think this is as close to like a dominating defensive performance as we've seen because there was like no gaffes you know i mean it was good turnovers too uh, huge huge to get some turnovers Shoot, man, Chuck Clark could have had another interception there. He dropped it, oh, man. <laughs> Chuck, he's going to be Sheesh. on the
2: jug machines because he has not had many opportunities for that this year, and he got an absolute gift. Baker Mayfield included
0: uh, a gift uh, slip and card and everything. I don't know, man. Using the logic that was using that touchdown catch, I think it was an undeniable catch. I mean, he might have been even fell in the end zone <laughs> afterwards. They should really check the film a little closer. it seems like they can they can see anything they want to see they look hard (laughs) enough did did you feel strongly about that call did you i felt very very strongly about it and maybe (laughs) i had maybe i had the benefit dude of them literally playing the same clip of that backside multiple times on the jumbotron and i was pretty close to the jumbotron where my seat was it was huge it was abundantly clear (laughs) the ball hit the ground it totally hit the ground and then jumped into his pocket how many times have we seen that and it was called a you know no catch and i understand the front i literally got on a twitter war with somebody because they were telling me and i'm sure they don't listen to the show so i don't care so basically they were like but from the front it looks like he called it and i'm like but from the front they had to zoom in so darn much that the compression on the image optically shows like that because you have no sense of depth and i was just like come on like I'm just like getting really frustrated because I understand the minutia of like how cameras work and I'm like yeah the front's not gonna work you gotta look at the back one and the back made it clear and I've never seen in my life I feel like a review where yeah like all the angles were like suspect but there was that one I remember a couple weeks ago maybe it was last year I can't recall correctly but for sure there was that moment where like oh like you know there's no clear angle but then they found it they found the angle and they're like oh look there's here's the angle and, then that's, and that's how they call it they were like oh we have the one angle it solved the mystery the puzzle has been solved you know found the piece and then they, they do the right thing and I'm going to tell you right now Peter I, I see your notes of like times the Ravens have benefited from stuff like this here's my problem in the NFL the refs have opportunities to fix their mistakes with reviews and I feel like more often than not they don't right when it's questionable and then there's a piece of evidence That suggests something should go one way. Like, particularly, I would say when the announcers are saying it, when Twitters are saying it, you know, the fans of the game are saying it. They like hold true more often than not and don't reverse. And then we're just supposed to like accept that. And I feel like I gotta put it out there, man. This year more than ever, the NFL is talking about their betting partners. And it feels a little oogie when you get these (laughs) ridiculous calls and they're like, Draft kings, you know, like, I'm just like, come on, guys. Like, you got to clean this up. I feel like for the integrity of the game, this really needs to be cleaned up because it's it's not great, man. I I don't like when the Ravens benefit from crap like that. Like, obviously, it's cool and, like, you know, it's nice when it falls your way sometimes, but I don't think it's acceptable and we shouldn't be happy about this. And I really think the officiating needs to step it up. And I, I'll say this, too. Officiators are fine people, but I feel like the the value structure that they have to, like, you know, have control of the game and, like, sh- prove that they're right is really hurting the game. And I think it's it's not it's not good. There's a big problem here. Interesting.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I guess I just have a completely different take. I, I'm personally not a fan of replay, and I don't think it should be in sports. I think it should just be what the call is on the field, because refs aren't robots, and just, like, quarterbacks make the wrong read sometimes, and uh, a pitcher will, will miss uh, the... His spot. I mean it's just it's just, you know, in the naked eye you you see things, it's bang bang. And I think it's part of of the beauty of the game. I I like that it's imperfect. I know I'm in the minority, but that's just my opinion. And I also think that the Ravens benefited mightily and the Detroit Lions would have a win um if <sighs> the refs did their job in Detroit because that was clearly delay of game and that kick should have been a 71 yarder. And actually at that, that late, isn't it a 10 second runoff? So wouldn't the game have ended for delay of game or am I mistaken? Uh, that was a different penalty.
0: That feels correct. I will say like, I feel like all this is so solvable. Like, you know what they do in the NBA when the shock finishes? <laughs> you know, like, they could that do something.
1: Like, that is true. Is, this that is true. That, that I will all agree so, with. This yeah. is
0: all so fucking <laughs> solvable.
2: No, there like, would be no question <laughs> that the ball wasn't snapped. It was just a giant horn coming
1: <laughs> the tape. Video. You can't see sound, guys. Come on.
0: Now, I think... Now, the only way I could say, like, they would be like, oh, that's not cool, is, like, if they did the bank err, it could distract the play. But I mean, at that point, you you earned it, guys, by waiting that long to snap it, like <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. you know. I think I think there's something to be said about the earn. I think there should be a buzzer. I mean, I, you know, it. I just think there's a lot of problems here, man. I think I think it could be a lot better. I'm I'm gonna have to like vehemently disagree with you about replay because like I think you should always try to correct your mistakes, and uh, I don't know. It just it, I I fully respect, by the way, like refs getting it wrong on the field impossible job the fact that they get it right as often as they do is actually like you know i applaud them for that it to me it just kills me when they get the opportunity to take a second look slow things down and i feel like it's not just me like i mean i watch a lot of football it's not just like ravens games like this is not just like i feel like you know the homer of like i want the ravens to succeed here i see this all the time where like they do the replay and you're like oh this should be uh this should be overturned and then they're just like nope looks good keep on playing you know and I just can't it doesn't sit right with me
2: I think one thing that could help is if the refs would explain why it's not definitive proof that you know a call wasn't overturned because like I mean when the ref comes back and says that the ruling on on the field you know stands that doesn't mean they said hey we made the right call that means we didn't find enough evidence to say that we made the wrong call because they'll say it's upheld if they did so like yeah. at that point we're talking about you know semantics here like they saw everything we saw we think um we don't really know what camera angles they saw but you know they, they likely what they saw was multiple angles like you were saying there's all these angles where you couldn't tell and then that back one that where it was clearly it clearly hit the ground but then there's an interpretation there or the choice interpretation of the official to say I guess, okay, well, we couldn't tell from all those. We can only tell from one angle, so that's not definitive, which is, you know, I think that you and I agree on that, that from that perspective, it should have been overturned, that that's definitive enough, but there is a gray area there. So I don't know, maybe the league needs to look review what definitive proof actually is and at least be able to give fans a better understanding of of what that process is of determining if it's definitive or not because because i do agree i think you know we're kind of we don't really know why they made the 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 call they did they just it just okay just wasn't definitive well well why wasn't it definitive right we don't know yeah
0: well and i'll 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 leave with this it kind of reminds me of the whole sack problem that i talked about with ken on his show like sacks are subjective you realize that like there's no way they are yeah there's no clear way to say like
2: this totally overrated stat. or
0: just yeah like a qb tackle for a loss on a run play and a sack completely subjective and that is crazy to me but i i, I get why but i feel like you could be a lot closer because like for instance lamar got sacked twice this game that feels wrong like I under, he always looks like he's taken off to run right like it's yeah. he definitely got sacked more than twice yeah so yeah kind of weird
1: kind of weird yeah, well, I'm sure we could have uh, very many pods around the uh, <laughs> around some of the, <laughs> you know, uh, officiating and, and how we uh, how do we make some of these calls and philosophy of the game. I think uh, in terms of officiating. coming this off season, Alex <laughs>
2: rants against the NFL. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think at uh, this point we should talk about the MVPs. Sounds good to me. All right, I'll start off. I'm giving the MVP to the guy who got the game ball. He uh, didn't get it last week, but he got it this week. Tyus Bowser. Game ball MVP, tackles, sacks, coverage, all the great plays. Just high motor, always involved. You know, great development by the guy, uh, earning every single one of those eight million dollars this year, and uh, and then some. Kind of a shame that he didn't get paid more, but you know, got got to resign Lamar. Got to give him weapons. He's uh, he t- he took one for the team there, and I hope he gets a ring or three or five out of the deal. <laughs> Uh, I can always
2: wave them in the face of Judon and, and, uh, <laughs> <That happens. laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, yeah, I'm going defense as well. Justin Matabuke, the defensive line was excellent. And Matabuke had one of the best games of his career. Definitely deserving of an MVP this week.
1: Cool. I'll, I'll wrap up too. Um, you know what? What the heck? We'll, uh, we'll go three for three on defense. Uh, Patrick queen for me i mean this is this is exactly the performance we've wanted to see from him all year and he finally stepped up and delivered. i think the other two uh, the other thing too man is that leadership i think is one thing that's um i've noticed with queen i don't know if you guys saw but uh there was a good clip i think it was shared by a number of people on twitter today um he was mic'd up and basically when lamar was down after throwing all those interceptions he went over to him to be like i got you don't worry about it we got you you know, it's one of those things we we only have so much insight into. You know, we don't see everything that happens on the bench. But that leadership, I think, is going to be absolutely key to his growth as a player, not only in making the right calls on the field and, you know, making the plays and things like that, but becoming a leader. And uh, gosh, man, when you put all those two together, you know, we could have something special. I'm not saying Queen could be Ray, but Ray was the last guy, I think, who uh, who really had both, who kind of embodied both. And uh my gosh, it would it would be good to have a, be good to have a good middle linebacker on the Ravens defense again who, who kind of embodies all of that stuff.
0: for sure, those are my three MVPs as well so I'm glad to hear them all get represented here. Guys, uh, a lot of fun. I think we need another poll Peter. I think we need to put a poll up. <laughs> team Alec or team Peter when it comes to uh, replay and uh, how that, that, that call should have been made.
1: Oh, I already know I'm going to lose in a landslide.
2: I
0: said that. I I said that I'm in the minority. I know I am. I'm going to lose in a
2: landslide. You know, we can put it up if you want.
1: It's (laughs) funny. I I didn't give my opinion on that, but honestly, Peter, I was actually thinking about that a little bit the other day. Of just like, if if an ideal world we had like robots and cameras for everything, and you can always make a completely objective call and everything, what would that do to the game? you know like imagine like all the other calls that are always like you know like questionable calls but they go one way and it like completely affects the outcome of the game but like in a good way like if you're on the winning side like a game might rely on that for some things like maybe you don't always want to make an objective call because it just makes like for a worse outcome like not not like a un, like it won't be an unfair game but it might not be like as fun of a game or something you know what i mean um i hadn't in my mind fully built out that mental model but i was thinking about it a little bit I don't know how I feel I'm kind of in the middle right now
0: <laughs> no I get
1: it man I get it
0: like you know at the end of the day this game is played by a bunch of humans making their best bet and uh sometimes that's also the officiators and it's not always there and sometimes it isn't
1: yeah but I don't know maybe we do want robots to play because if they do then they won't have concussions
0: <laughs> yeah it's like a uh, battle bots. like who can have the best bot <laughs> right <laughs> could you could you have the Derrick Henry bot it'd be illegal <laughs> can they make rules against it <laughs>
2: oh man surely did something wrong would definitely not be shocked to see that before you know before we kick the curb
1: (laughs) well on that note i think we should uh wrap up this episode of ravens recap thanks everyone for sticking around if you have stuck around this long (laughs) this is a lot of fun uh we'll be here in two weeks to uh to preview and recap the uh the rematch against the browns on well, the meantime we're going to go and record our steelers preview episode we have my uh, my co-worker andrew is going to be joining us shortly in the meantime give us a, a follow on twitter if you haven't already at ravens underscore recap you can also send us an email at feedback at ravensrecap.com we'd love to hear from you we'll see you in the next episode
0: i would throw in there i would like a review can we get a review, baby? If you listen this long, you like Ravens <laughs> Recap. Give us a review and your podcast player. That'd be uh, super sweet. Yeah. But
2: make you. sure it's a definitive review.
0: Definitive review, five <laughs> stars only. <laughs> if you're going to give us four stars, I mean, you might as well just not. <laughs> it's going to bring down our average. All right, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody.